0: So this week's podcast uh, contains some triggering topics. We talk about true crime, crime scenes, descriptions of crime scenes, um, as well as racial injustice, guns, talk of shooting people, suicide. There are a lot of triggering topics that we talk about. If those are going to be triggering for you, this is not the podcast for you. We will see you next week when we talk about Housewives with our friend Patrick. Anything to add, Rory? (laughs) Rory? We also talk about abortion. (laughs) Yes. Uh, So if these are triggering topics for you, might not be the podcast for you. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. (laughs) Bye, but hi, because you're going (laughs) to listen to the rest of us. Cool inside again went out to look for a reason to hide again i have to consent to be recorded each time do you consent
1: no oh okay thanks for listening goodbye <laughs> goodbye everyone hello Hi. <laughs> how are all of y'all
0: doing welcome back to the we're trying podcast Welcome back,
1: welcome back, welcome back. It feels like just yesterday we were recording the last episode, which I think speaks more to how busy this last week has been. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I was like, I feel like today's not the day that we're supposed to record the podcast, but when I look at my Google calendar, it's like record podcast today. And I'm like,
1: huh? Week update. What's happened this week? I got a job this week which is exciting. So long story short, I applied to be like a guest services agent for a bike tour company. And they were like, you have a really great personality. You should come hang out with us for a day, tour around with us, um, go on a tour. You might make a good tour guide. So come on down. So I went down, I went on the bike tour. I got really, really sunburned. You can see it there on the back of my hands, but it literally goes from like the back of my hands way up into my shoulders. I had sunscreen on sunscreen doesn't like me anyway um and then yesterday I was leaving my grandfather's and I got a phone call and it was like hey how was the bike tour and I was like I had a lot of fun he was like great do you think it'd be a job that you'd like and I was like I mean I'd make money right (laughs) not my exact words he was like yeah and I was like sure and he was like great so we'll have you do the secretary stuff and then we'll slowly get you to like shadow the tours so then like by midsummer, you'll be able to do a couple of tours yourself. So, I have a job now, which is cool. And it's a pretty cool job, too. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And then today, I was officially um, brought on to a different company. I, I, I am allowed to talk about this. I thought I wasn't, but I am. I was brought on as a ghostwriter for an uh, ebook writing company i can't talk about the projects i do i can't talk about um, my pen name on the website i can't do any of that but i can tell you that i work for them and it's very cool and i'm very excited oh we cast ordinary days this week which was yes we did if you um follow the theater company we both work for and technically run uh this december we're doing a production of ordinary days the script just came in yesterday and they are sitting in this box that you can't see there in a frame they're sitting there (laughs) underneath my couch Uh, But we cast the show while I was biking around the city. They cast the show. I
0: was only there for vibes.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: But we cast Ordinary Days.
1: We're super excited. Scripts
0: are in. Yes. Ah.
1: Really into the swing of rehearsals for Hot as Hell, which is exciting. If you like comedy theater, that's coming to you soon. Tickets will go on sale next Monday. So when you're listening to this tomorrow, the 21st, they go on sale which is cool and exciting. So go to the Flares social media and click the link and you can literally just donate as much money as you want preferably ten dollars or more but like if you've been out of work for months like me, we get it. We yeah it's completely understandable <laughs> <laughs> Anywho. Anywho
0: I think that's really all the updates.
1: I have one more update, but that's happening this week, but I will share it now. Since we were talking about it last week, we were talking about B getting the vaccine. I should be getting my second dose on Friday. Really? Yeah. When did you find that out? Yesterday. I'm a little nervous because it's been putting a lot of people out for a couple of days, but uh, woohoo.
0: The first shot put me out. This is the first day where I haven't felt like vomiting all day.
1: That's good, that's good. If
0: that's everything, I guess we could say what this week is about.
1: What is this week
0: about, B? True Mm Crime 2.0! Let's go! So here's the thing. This week we talked all week about possibilities. It was either going to be talking about like Starbucks and working at Starbucks, but I actually don't know if I could do that because I don't want to lose my job. Um, And then I think we mentioned one point talking about Bo Burnham's Inside. Oh
1: yeah, we did talk about that.
0: So we're like, true crime. And I was like, oh, I'm not prepared. And we almost weren't going to record a podcast. But I was like, I am a beacon of s- true crime knowledge. I can easily throw something together. So I put together three cases. And none of them are cults this time, unfortunately. <laughs> but Definitely. there is maybe in the future, after some trials happen, uh, because the love, is- love has won. Cult?
1: Oh, yeah. That's that uh, big uh, case going on in the, right now, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm hmm. Oh, oh, boy. So
0: maybe once there's more with that, we can cover that. If that's something you would like us to cover, head on over to our Instagram and shoot us yeah. a voice message on Anchor and let us know. Holy shit, I almost dropped a ruler. Uh, let us know <laughs> if you would like us to cover that because I'd love doing that research.
1: That would be. Great.
0: So I have three cases today. Um, we're going to do kind of what we did last time, start out easier, and then get to like the crazy stuff. Um, I did not email any colts this time. Good. I'm <laughs> so sorry. It's whatever. Whatever. Fine. Um, so should we get into it? We should. We should. All right, so the first one that we're going to be talking about is the Delphi murders or the Snapchat murders. That's the
1: nickname of it. Deletes Snapchat immediately.
0: There's a specific reason why it's called the Snapchat murders. At 1.35 p.m. on Monday, February 13th, 2017, I almost said 2007, 13-year-old Abigail J. Williams or Abby and 14-year-old Liberty Rose Lynn, German, Libby, were dropped off by German's older sister, Kelsey, on Country Road 300 North, east of a highway. They were going to this bridge over Deer Creek uh, to take pictures. It was common in the area, and everybody said that Delphi was a super safe area, like people leave their doors unlocked all the time. That's how safe it is, and I grew up in a town just like that. Nobody locked their doors. Mm -hmm. Everything was always unlocked. It's very safe. Um, But everyone always says that until it isn't. Um, So at 207, Libby posted a photo of Abby walking on the bridge onto Snapchat. um, And then they were never heard of again. They were reported missing at 5.30pm after they failed to meet Libby's father at uh, 315, they started searching for the girls themselves, um, before calling the police and authorities, searched the area and put out a statement that they did not suspect foul play in the disappearance. However, this changed when the bodies of the girls were found around noon the next day, uh, near the bridge. So there is foul play. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's, I watched Kendall Ray's video on this. Again, love Kendall Ray. Um, And Kelsey German, Libby German's older sister who dropped them off, actually helped uh, Kendall do the research and made sure that everything Kendall was saying was correct. And Kelsey even got to talk about her own experiences of searching for her sister and her friend. Oh, wow. Um. They were found on Valentine's Day of 2017. Um, And that same day, Kelsey brought a blanket and granola bars thinking that, you know, we'll find them today and they'll be so happy once we find them to have a warm blanket and some food after being stuck out in the cold all night. They found a shoe and showed it. And because Kelsey knew what the girls were wearing, she was able to say, yeah, that's one of their shoes. And they soon found the bodies after. Jeez. Police have not released the details of how the girls were murdered. Um, as early as February 15th of 2017, Indiana State Police um, began circulating a still image of an individual reportedly seen on the bridge and trail where the two friends were killed. The grainy photograph appears to capture a Caucasian male, hand in pockets, walking on the rail bridge, head down towards the girls. A few days later, the person in the photograph was named the prime suspect in the double homicide. Now, the reason it's called the Snapchat Murders is because that photo was taken by one of the girls on their phone on Snapchat and saved the Snapchat camera roll. Oh, I see. So they like were kind of just like zooming in on this guy. Possibly, we obviously can't ask him now, but maybe he was following them and immediately they're very smart girls, very careful. Kelsey talked about this. They're very smart and knew what to do. And so they thought if something happened, we're going to try and get photos of this guy. So we have it. On February 22nd, law enforcement released an audio recording from the girl's phone where the voice of the suspect in some degree muffled is heard to say, down the hill. It was this news conference that officials created, credited the source of the audio and imagery to German's smartphone and further regarded her as a hero for having the uncanny foresight and fortitude to record the exchange in secret. Wow. There is additional evidence on the phone apparently, but they're choosing not to release it, to not compromise any future trial. Mm-hmm. Um, by this time, the reward offered in the case was set at forty-one thousand dollars. So it's if you can tell us who did this, you get this money. Um, on July seventeenth of twenty seventeen, offers officers uh, distribute a composite sketch of someone who, at the time in the investigation, was sought as a person of prime interest in murders. Um, it was basically the guy. Eyewitnesses who also saw the person that the girls zoomed in on and got the pictures of. Um, on April nineteenth, twenty nineteen, however, uh, Indiana State Police announced a new direction in the case. On behalf of State Police, um, they brought they released more materials in a press conference on the April twenty second. It included a short video recording in which the blue-jeaned and jacketed suspect is seen walking along the rail of the bridge for a little over a second. Um, Because of the deteriorated condition of the bridge, the suspect is not walking naturally due to the spacing between the ties. Because people were like, oh, he might have been drunk or something, but like you're walking on basically like a Mm -hmm. a really old bridge uh there was also an updated sketch of the suspect that was put out um an extended version of the audio recording uh it brought forward that he said the word guys before the phrase down the hill it was guys something 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 down the hill so it's further explained that the previously released sketch showing an older man with a goatee and a cap is now considered secondary suspect not the primary suspect suspect Uh, but there is now the clean-shaven individual of the newly revised composite is the primary suspect Um, police say this person may range from age 18 to 40 but caution that his youthful appearance could make him look younger than his true age Um, on april 22nd 2019 law enforcement reached out to the public urging all to look at the sketch listen to the audio watch how the man walks on the bridge and send tips to the email uh, Abby and Libby tip at C A C O S H R F dot com. Uh, for any listeners or anybody who may be watching this in the future, if you have any information, please report it to that email. Um, it's important to be an active true crime fan. Um, and if there's a case that deserves justice, working towards getting the victims and their families justice. Um, even if you think The information you may have is nothing. The smallest things can lead to an arrest. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Please, please be an active true crime watcher and sign petitions and donate if you're able to or just spread the word. Investigators revealed that they have reason to believe the suspect might be hiding in plain sight. He obviously has to be familiar with the area of Delphi because the trails that's near the bridge is you kind of have to be familiar with the area to know how to get around there and especially where the girls bodies were found. So there were a bunch of um, suspects that have been named but none of them have really come forward as actually being plausible of them being the uh, murderer. So since this has happened in 2017, in response to a request from German's mother, countless homeowners across central Indiana have orange lights installed on their front porches, both to commemorate the girls, as well as to indicate that the murderer remains at large. In August 2017, the families announced their plans to build a sports complex for Delphi in memory of the girls. A nonprofit organization, LNA Park Foundation, was formed to celebrate and commemorate the lives of Libby German and Abby Williams by creating a place for the appreciation of nature, art, play, and athleticism for generations to come. A site was procured a mile north of Delphi, and in the years following the girls' deaths, continued progress has been made in the development of the Abby and Libby Memorial Park. In 2020 the LNA Park Foundation was named recipient of the NBA All-Star 2021 Legacy Grant. Wow. And as of right now, that is
1: where the case stands. Wow. Honestly, I'm kind of glad they haven't released like the information of what happened because those, they're so young. That is completely unfair to their families if that was out there. I mean, it's I, I find it unfair to all families when like, The gruesome details get out there but especially when they're that young god like i've heard i've heard so many people say like the last thing you want is to outlive your children but like knowing how your children died especially if it is in a gruesome way like that oh
0: it's that one
1: always just like
0: because i grew up in a town just like delphi um Mm -hmm. You know, like I said, everybody left their doors unlocked. So you would go down to like the reservoir and you just like walk around and like, you know, with your friends there. And there's a tiny little bridge. And then you go to like the hall and you would just walk around town and do whatever. Mm-hmm. And it felt safe. And it kind of shocks you into a reminder that even though something may feel safe and you may think that you're in the safest area ever Things like this can still happen. Absolutely. Slightly terrifying. It always gives me like
1: chills. Yeah. Yeah. I've noticed that since we filmed our first <laughs> true crime thing, I am a lot more wary of the people around me. <laughs> mm-hmm. You said that I'm always like, especially. Uh, so
0: the next case is the case of Austin, Austin Wenner and Jessica Lewis. Wait, hold on. There's- Wenner? He's Wenner. Wenner. Winner. Do you remember when rando nodding was a big thing on TikTok? I have no idea what that is. Okay, so it's like geocaching. Do you know what geocaching oh, yeah, is? yeah, I've been geocaching, yeah. So it's like that, but it takes um, spirituality and manifestation into context. So it sends you coordinates to high energy points near you. And something that people were doing on TikTok is they would get the coordinates and then they'd manifest something. Um, or you just go and you look for something and you're like, I want to look for something creepy or I want the color blue. Um, so some example, somebody went nodding, and they filmed it for TikTok and she manifested the answer to all of her problems. And where she went to, there was a mirror and written on the mirror was, now's your time. Wow. So it was like a big trend i went rando nodding nothing happened nothing crazy happened to me i could just feel the energy difference um but yeah that it was a thing and so it was just a trend to film yourself going on these for tiktok well there was a group of i believe four teenagers that went rando nodding and i don't think they were manifesting anything but took them to um the coast of seattle on june 19th 2020. so um uh, there was a washed up suitcase and jokingly they were like maybe there's money in there maybe there's money in there and so they climbed down and it opened the suitcase and then opened it with a stick and immediately there was the worst smell ever um, and they flipped it open and saw that there were a bunch of black garbage bags inside. So immediately, the kids were like, we can't touch this anymore. We can't play with this. And they went back up and they called the police. It took the police like four hours to get there. Because all they heard was, there's a suitcase that washed up on the shore that has garbage bags in it. They didn't, the kids didn't open it, so they didn't know that inside there was the remains of Jessica Lewis and Austin Wenner. They were, um, the suitcase uh, was filled with plastic garbage bags that contained the dismembered bodies of Jessica Lewis and Austin Wener. The TikTok video was posted, it has since been taken down but it went viral in a matter of minutes of going live. So I still don't know why you would post hmm. that. Um, if I'm filming a TikTok and I find out that I found a dead body um, I'm not posting that. I'm not posting that, that. I, Yeah. It's like, yes, you're a child, your brain isn't fully developed, and you... whatever, but at the same time maybe don't post that. Yeah. Um, according to the medical examiner, the victims, Austin and Jessica, were both shot approximately 10 days before the kids found them. Their bodies were dismembered post-mortem. Jessica was shot seven times, but there was only one shot on Austin's body. It's also curious that the teenagers who discovered the suitcase waited for a day before posting videos long after they had called the police and investigators were already on the case. Many wonder why the police allowed them to do it, and after numerous pleas by the victim's families, TikTok agreed to take the video down.
1: Yeah.
0: Austin and Jessica had been together for about eight years and were taking care of her four children from a previous relationship. Their family and friends described them as a strong and happy couple, and despite all difficulties, they were able to deal with whatever came their way. Jessica was known as a ray of sunshine, a very caring and loving person, while Austin was a kind, faithful, and outdoorsy guy. Now, something that I do want to bring up is that Every single time you do research into this case, people like to bring up that Austin had other charges against him.
1: They always do.
0: But why does that matter Yeah. when he is the victim of being murdered? Yeah. That doesn't matter. What matters is his life was taken away from him. Um, That's just something that I wanted to bring up, because I think that's really disrespectful. The families don't deserve people to only know, only have their children known as this thing and this thing and put them in this box of a bad person. Because despite whatever happened, he's dead. And they were raising a family Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and living together and
1: had whole lives ahead of them. Yeah. And the other thing is, you don't know what led to those previous Um, charges. I'm sure that there's police reports and you can look into it and everything but you don't know the actual circumstance. You can't judge a person without knowing their circumstance. I don't think you can judge a person period but.
0: There's unconfirmed reports that he had a drug possession charge
1: but it's unconfirmed so you can't confirm that. Um, Every single person I swear to god every single person has been caught with drug possession because of marijuana
0: which is now legal which is in now legal most in places, America. at least in Canada. In North America,
1: yeah. But like past charges, especially like once somebody kind of gets their life together and has a family, like past charges mean nothing. And to keep pulling them up is literally, it's so disrespectful. And this happens a lot with, not only with um, people who have been murdered and hurt and such, but also with celebrities.
0: Yeah, like Demi Lovato. When she, I don't want to, I'm trying to find the right way to say without triggering people, but when she OD, everyone was like, she's a drug, sorry, they're a drug addict anyways. It's like, it doesn't matter. They're
1: struggling. Yeah. Yeah. At the end of the day, most of these things come from people struggling and not getting proper help.
0: And people deserve proper help proper help
1: and they deserve to not be treated as lesser than simply because they did one thing that someone views as bad you know okay rules and laws exist for a reason okay i can get behind that but i also firmly believe that rules and laws aren't necessarily meant for every single situation and if we enforce the idea that every single situation deserves harsh rules and laws, we take away freedom, we take away humanity. I don't know what drug he supposedly possessed.
0: It's unconfirmed, so nothing can say. What is confirmed is like misdemeanor cases, one which is crossing at a red light.
1: That's nothing. (laughs) You go to any big city everybody does it city. everybody I was does in it in New York and every single person was crossing at a red light on pedestrian sidewalks i watched someone get hit by a bike and keep going nobody cares I just hit don't by a bike yeah and then somebody yelled at me for following them and i was like well it's new york get over it, <laughs> get, over it. <laughs> get over it but like Laws and rules are there for a reason. Not all of them are valid and not all of them need to be enforced in every single situation. And if we keep insisting that somebody did something bad one time and that that deserves to be on their permanent record when they have either become a better person or it is literally nothing like crossing at a red light then we are pushing the narrative that justice is more important than humanity. That law is more important than humanity and empathy and growth. And I'm gonna fight somebody. (laughs) And then I'm going to get charged for fighting.
0: (laughs) Uh, The document that I looked at uh, said, in other words, nothing in the couple's lives suggested someone would want to harm or even kill them. Nothing in their life suggests it.
1: But also, nothing in anyone's life should should mean somebody should harm them. I know people people can be nasty and terrible, but... There should never be anything that somebody else does that makes you go. You know what? I'm gonna kill that person. Yeah. Like, even if they did something so terrible, somebody murdering them is not a reflection of them. It is a reflection of the other person.
0: Mm-hmm. And we're about to get into a uh, who's been charged with the murders because somebody is charged with the murders. Oh, good. Um, although people were initially speculating that TikTok had something to do with the murders due to the coincidence of the kids finding the bodies, those speculations were debunked by police. Um, they brought the kids in for questioning, obviously, and very quickly, they were like, no. (laughs) They were like, no, y'all didn't do it. Did you say how old these kids were? They're like teenagers, like not over 18. Yeah. Like younger than us.
1: So yeah, the likelihood is almost nothing. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah um they also looked at the app randonautica mm-hmm. nodding and nodding like the randonautica app had to like put out a statement and be like this is pure coincidence we genuinely yeah. had nothing to do with it and it was debunked also that randonautica um had anything to do with it they did not um but that's when a more reliable suspect caught their eye that was a um the document I was looking at, and I uh, I just needed to keep that in because <laughs> I liked the sound of that. So, 62-year-old Michael Lee Dudley was Austin and Jessica's landlord. He rented a residence to the couple, and they allegedly struggled to pay the 100- 1500 monthly rent. On the eve of June 9th, the neighbors reportedly heard a loud argument from inside the house. Allegedly, Dudley wanted the couple to move out, and at some point, neighbors say they heard a male voice pleading, just let me leave, please don't do this, shortly after they heard gunshots. That's what happened like, ten days before the TikTokers found the bodies. So it was over a rent dispute during a pandemic. Oh my god. Where people are god. out of work. <clears throat> when investigators went to the house to look for evidence, they found it had recently been cleaned and painted. However, they were still able to find blood and bullet holes after searching the home. Dudley was later arrested and charged with second degree murder of Austin and Jessica. Good. His bail was set at five million dollars and he's awaiting trial. <sighs> he was not able to um make his bond, so he's still
1: locked up. Well, honestly, thank God, because the a kind the kind of person who would kill someone over a rent dispute that is the most disgusting, vile human being.
0: Well, the next part might give a bit of an explanation. Dudley's ex-girlfriend who dated him for years said that even though she can't believe he would do something like that, there was an evil side to Michael. She said that she was once the victim of a violent streak when he assaulted her. Gordon shared how he hit her, threw her to the floor, hit her head on the patio and even held a gun in his hand. Many questions remain unanswered to this day. If neighbors are correct about hearing the screaming and the gunshots, why did no one report Austin and Jessica missing? Where were their kids in the meantime?
1: That's what I've been thinking.
0: And I wasn't able to find any information. And that is that. Because it's still an ongoing case.
1: Yeah. Okay. Vile human being who... First and foremost gets upset with someone over a red dispute during a pandemic when everyone is out of work. That's a vile human being. Vile human being who abuses the person they're supposed to love. There is no one, no one in the world who is forgivable for that. Absolutely no one. You're supposed to love this person. Love is not hitting somebody. Love is not threatening somebody. Third and third most. Let's talk about gun control for a second. I am very okay controversial. I am very on eh, like on the fence about gun control, and here's why. I will explain. My grandfather is an avid um, gun collector and used to go to shooting ranges to shoot. My partner is First Nations, and he while he didn't grow up in a First Nations community, he grew up near a First Nations community where when they go to a grocery store, carrots like getting like a bag of carrots can cost them sixty dollars they get the majority of their food through hunting. There needs to be a serious reform in gun control and more tests, specifically in the U.S. The tests here in Canada and the um, different holes that you've got to jump through to get guns in Canada are a lot stronger, I think, than in the U.S. The US needs it doesn't to- mean
0: that they're way better, though. Like, there no, still needs right. to be reform.
1: You are right. But this is why I'm on the fence, because... We give people guns, we let them have guns in their home for protection, and we continuously see people get hurt. We see kids finding them and hurting people. We see somebody getting so emotional for reasons God knows why, because they are clearly emotionally underdeveloped, which is what this is, and they get a hold of a gun and hurt somebody over a trivial thing. But then on the flip side, you have families, First Nations families, Who can only afford to feed their family by going hunting? You know, you have families up north, northern Ontario, who don't have access to grocery stores nearby and have to apply for permits to just go out to possibly catch something. So this is why I'm on the fence. People will fight me because you know guns are dangerous, and that is correct. But I think what we I think we we need to figure out that divide does that make sense no that makes that makes a lot of sense to me
0: and I'm the same I grew up I've shot a gun before yeah I've gone to a shooting range I Mm -hmm. I go ski shooting things like that and my dad collects guns. my guns my grandfather collected guns now my dad has them and I understand while there's like you know going to the shooting range is fun going hunting uh, my family members like that it's making it more difficult to get them, Mm -hmm. which I think needs to be looked at, which in Canada, like my parents have their gun license so they can own guns and stuff. And like they can buy guns and they can be in their name and things like Mm -hmm. that. They went as a group to get their gun license. There was a whole group of them. And one of them didn't pass for simply turning an inch the wrong way.
1: Yeah. And that makes sense even though it's such a small thing, that's how serious they need to be about this.
0: Yeah, because then hopefully we can prevent more things like this situation
1: with Austin and Jessica happening. I know you haven't seen the show Superstore, but I just want to use this as an example. In early uh, season one or two, they have a gun counter in their superstore in the US, just like an open gun counter. And people go up and just buy guns at this open gun counter. And one of the characters is like, I don't feel comfortable selling guns to people because it is a dangerous thing. And we are just selling them to anybody who comes up and asks. And his boss is like, too bad, sell the goddamn gun. And I had a really hard time watching that little exchange because it's like, no, he's correct. Like, okay, they bring in their gun license, fine. But selling someone a gun in a public location, like a super, like a big box superstore where there are families around, is a little frightening, you know? And it's important that we put in all of these um, extra precautions when getting people licensed, but I also think we need to put in precautions when selling them. For communities where it is a necessary part of life, it needs to be more accessible. For communities like ours, like in metropolis areas where it is not a necessity of life, it needs to be harder, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I've honestly never heard that type of, I was just on the fence because I'm like, yeah, my family owns guns, but I do think there does need to be reform. But hearing you make that point, I'm like, no, that's a really good point. I've never heard somebody make that point before of the, in like in First Nation communities, they keep it how it is, but in places like freaking Windsor,
1: I don't need a gun here. <laughs> yeah. I, see, I never thought about that either until I started dating my partner. And he he has a fascination with guns, not, not to like necessarily have just to have in the house, but he just has a fascination because he grew up up north. He grew up going hunting. And we had this, I guess, sort of argument, maybe within like a year into us dating, where I was like, absolutely not. We are never talking about guns. We are never, because he really wants to buy like, World War One guns that don't work, but he really wants to buy some and just have them on display because he's fascinated by them. And I was like, absolutely not. There is no way. And it led us into this kind of long-ish argument where I was like, I do not want guns in my house because they are dangerous. And he was like, okay, this, this, and this First Nations need them because they don't have access to food. I had no idea that to buy like a carton of water at a grocery store up north for First Nations families can cost them hundreds of dollars. Mm -hmm. Like no idea, but once you, I think part of it too is just like, we live in such like, dare I say, like first world problems, you know, we live in such a privileged life that we forget that not everybody does. Mm -hmm. And when, this is a big thing that I have with, um, a big problem that I've developed over the last little while with like the liberal mindset. I am definitely a very liberal person Do not get me wrong but a lot of times the liberal mindset is targeted specifically to the upper middle class. And you have people like AOC who are like talking about wanting to support everybody. And I get a little, um, sometimes I like wanna back up AOC a lot, but then sometimes I have to sit back and I have to go, AOC came from not a whole lot, but isn't necessarily helping not a whole lot, you know? I'm using her as an example, there are obviously other examples, but I think um, as liberals, we often sometimes get into our head, we are better, we are smarter, you know, we are actively fighting for change, but we can't say we're actively fighting for change and trying to like change the way things are if we're not fighting for change for everybody. We need to be actively fighting to ensure that our First Nations families and friends have access to the things they need to be able to live. They need access to water. They need access to guns for for food. They need access to cheaper food, but that's almost that's not going to be very possible until we can start giving them the things they actually like other things they need. Like I don't know, access to transportation, access or to, access to clean water. Access—that's where I was going. Yeah, access to clean water. You know, <laughs> access to clean water.
0: Basic human necessities Basic would be nice. Necessities.
1: And just on the topic of First Nations, I also just want to say um, the fact that we as a country are still ignoring—we as a country, Canada—are still ignoring
0: residential schools.
1: schools, and the fact that they've now found almost four hundred bodies of children, and it is not front page news everywhere, is a problem is a problem and it needs to be addressed. It needs to be addressed. And we can talk all we want about like supporting our First Nations uh, friends and family and the people around us who are part of the First Nations community. But if we, again, just sit back and say, well, I'm liberal therefore, we're doing nothing. It's
0: just, I'm liberal. So that means that I want this to happen. So you know, if you actually want to be a liberal who is fighting for change, you need to be fighting for change. Ignorance is bliss. Yeah. Ignore the ignorance. Get get away from that and make yourself uncomfortable. Yeah. I saw a very beautiful play in high school. It was a play about residential schools, mm-hmm. and it also talked about uh, missing and murdered Indigenous women, and it had the entire audience sobbing. Yeah. Absolutely sobbing because in school. In Canada, unfortunately, when you go to a predominantly white school, we had mostly white teachers. Mm -hmm. We had one First Nations teacher, and she made sure to talk to classes as much as she could about residential schools all the time Mm -hmm. and why there's still problems today. And the white leaders in the school would silence her, which always irritated me because I loved that teacher.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: But... We learned very little Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and I'm I'm not gonna act like I know everything because I don't, I'm still learning. I'm still doing research into these things and putting myself in uncomfortable situations in order to grow as a human being and understand multiple sides of things rather than just being like, I saw on TikTok, that this thing happened, so now I want this. Like, no, if I see something on
1: TikTok, I'm going and fact-checking myself. Absolutely. Speaking, one more thing, and then we'll get back to True Crime.
0: Oh my gosh, Um, yeah, I forgot. We were talking about True Crime uh,
1: last summer. Oh my God, about a year ago, like last week, I drove from Metropolis, Toronto to Sault Ste. Marie, which is about seven hours by car north of Toronto. And that's where my partner grew up that's um that's where they're once you start going up the highway you end up driving through a lot of first nation reservations and this was the first time that I was actually like face to face with first nations which is such a weird thing to say but driving along there I was constantly passing by trees that had red dresses hanging from them Uh, The Red Dress Project is a project that um, supports and raises awareness for the missing and murdered Indigenous women. Um, And I saw a lot of anuksuks and um, rock formations that I don't know the names of, um, which that was really cool because I've heard about those who've seen them in person. That was really cool. But what honestly kind of frightened me, and I had to talk to my boyfriend about this, was driving past a bridge and on the bridge they had spray painted something like, get off our land, go home. And I was telling my boyfriend about like all these things that I saw and he looked at me and he was like, yeah, duh. And I was like, what are you, like, am I racist? And he went, yes, (laughs) you are. And I was like, but I'm not trying. Like, I'm not, like, I'm just, I was just uncomfortable. And he was like, you should be you should be because you were driving through First Nations land and that's all they have. Like, I'm glad you're here. He's <laughs> like,
0: land. I love you. Thank you for driving all this way. But I'm glad you were uncomfortable. Yeah,
1: exactly. And I spent like the two weeks that I was up there, like, because I spent a, a bunch of time alone because he was always at work um, and his mom was always at work too. So it was just me and the dogs. And I would sometimes just sit there and be like, I'm racist. This was around the time that George Floyd was murdered as well. So I was in the middle of all of it going, <laughs> I'm racist here, take all of my money. Um, but that was a real kick in the pants for me to, like, figure out how to be a better ally. Um, and I encourage everybody to put themselves into situations that make them uncomfortable because it will show you who you really need to be to support these communities. For example, let First Nations have their guns. And also stop kidnapping and murdering Indigenous people. Thank you.
0: I'm not going to apologize. I don't think either of us are going to apologize for going off about that. Nope. Because it's something that needs to be said. (laughs) Um, And if it made you uncomfortable, in the the words of Jamie, good. Yeah. (laughs) It's supposed to. If it made you uncomfortable to hear, maybe self-reflect.
1: Yeah. Self-reflection
0: is always good. So the final case that we're going to talk about, back to true crime. <laughs> this I talked about when we did our little chill doing our makeup podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Vallow and Daybell case. Mm-hmm. So this case is still, it's another ongoing case. Unfortunately, I chose a lot of ongoing cases. That's okay. But this case, I left it to the end. You to fix whatever's happening with my hair. Oh, I forgot to pull my mic out. Uh, this case is fucking wild. For so many reasons, and it's just, like, as I go through it, it's kind of like the Jonestown. Okay. One, how silly you were, like, this is where it gets bad? Wait, it gets worse? <laughs> oh, God. Um... Yeah, so it's gonna slowly get worse um, as we go along and it's still not over yet. Great. All right, let's get into it. This is the longest one, so. So the Vallow family was in Chandler, Arizona. That's where they lived. Lori was married a few times and had Tylee and then an adopted son, JJ. Uh, She was married to Charles Vallow. Uh, Lori then met Chad Daybell, a doomsday extremist. He claims that he had a close call with death that left him with one foot in the human world and one foot in the spirit world. He has five books and a podcast called Preparing a People. He says that he is Mormon. I will say their views don't align with Mormonism. They are very radical Mormons that have many other beliefs that don't line up with Mormonism. So I'm not gonna say these are Mormons and Mormonism is bad. Like, no, these people are just fucking crazy.
1: There okay. Mormonism gets a bad rap, a bad rap. Oh my God. So does um, Jehovah's Witnesses just because they yeah. go door to door, just because they try to spread religion. You don't have to agree with a religion. You don't have to agree with religion. You don't have to agree with religion. I don't agree with religion. I'm not an organized religion person. You can't tell someone they're a bad person for being religious. That's all. Unless the religion is hurting people. Carry on. I just wanted
0: to say that. I have friends that are Christians and I'm not going to be like, you're terrible for being a Christian, just like they don't look at me and say, you're terrible for being pagan. All right. So June 15, Chad and his then wife, Tammy, moved to Idaho because Chad was hearing voices that were telling him to move there. Okay. Uh, Lori Vallow was infatuated with Chad uh, Daybell Uh, She was also a very radical Mormon. They met when they both went on the Preparing a People podcast in uh, 2018. Essentially, they were perfect for each other in in sense of their beliefs, uh, but it would soon be fatal to many around them. They believed that they were gods that had lived thousands of past lives. um, And in seven of those past lives, they were married. And Lori thought it was just a beautiful because like, can't believe we found each other again in this life. Um, Chad says that in a past life, he was Martin Luther.
1: Interesting choice. You you know, there's two different people, right? You know, there's Martin Luther King and Martin Luther, right? They're different. Martin people. Luther, okay. not Martin Martin Luther Perfect. King. I wanted to clear that up for anybody listening. Who didn't realize they were two different people. All right. Yes, they are <laughs> two different people. They are two different, are two different, two people. different people. Anyway, continue. <laughs>
0: Um, Chad believed that the two were on earth to help lead the second coming of Jesus Christ and to recruit as many as they could to join them. Uh, He believed that thousands of people would be meeting in his backyard for the second coming of Christ. Basically, kind of a cult. Kind of a cult, but not really a cult. But like, Like kind of a cult. Could have been been a cult. Could have been a cult. Um, could have been really bad. Yeah. Um, in February of 2019, Charles Ballow... Lori's then-husband, decides to get a divorce from Lori as her spiritual beliefs were getting too far out of hand and he was feeling as if he was in danger. She talked many times about killing him. She drained his bank account, stole his truck, and locked him outside of the house. There was even a time- She didn't go to jail for that? No. Uh, Charles called the police and was like, I fear for my life. I'm scared that I'm she's going to kill me. So they brought Lori in for an evaluation, uh, but she was deemed mentally competent and was released. All
1: right.
0: In my opinion, if the police would have locked her up, none of this would have happened if they would have been like, let's keep her for a couple more days. Yeah. Let's just ask some more questions. Just watch. So Lori and Chad believed in light and dark spirits. They thought that people's souls could have already died, and now they were a zombie body possessed by a dark spirit. And strangely enough, it was always people that were inconvenient to them that were said to be zombies. The only way that they believed to be able to save these people was for the zombie to die, they were killed, and then the soul of that real person would be reincarnated. I told you. Hmm. This one gets weird. This one gets weird.
1: Hmm. This sounds like they thought their life was a video game. Yeah. And let me tell you, if you believe that we live in a simulation, um, still doesn't mean you should go around murdering people. You know, I know it's fun in the Sims to remove the ladder to the pool and let them drown. Um, and I know that's fun. I also know it's fun locking somebody in a one-by-one room with no door. So fun. Um <laughs> Sims is rated T for a reason, B. <laughs>
0: I don't play sims if you can't tell y'all anyway I know it's fun my friends um maybe just like stop for five minutes and just think maybe just think like sit down and be like am I thinking rationally in this moment and if there's even a little part of your brain that's like no you're not they'd be like I not yeah done with that maybe just like don't
1: like, take your shoes off and just stand in the grass for, like, 20
0: Yeah, minutes. like, go touch grass. Lori, grass. Chad, just fucking just go touch grass. grass. Anyways, <laughs> uh, Charles left the house um, that Lori lived in as they filed for a divorce. A few weeks later, on July 11th, 2019, Charles came back to Lori's new home to pick up JJ for a visit. Lori's brother, Alex Cox, who was also involved in the doomsday cult, was there. Allegedly, there was an altercation between Lori and Charles to the point where Tylee grabbed a baseball bat to try and protect her mother. Somehow, Tylee, JJ, and Lori left the house, leaving only Alex and Charles. Alex claimed that Charles hit him over the head with a bat, although he had no wounds. So he shot Charles in shelf defense. Alex then called police himself. talked him through cpr however when the police showed up charles was in a position that somebody could not have been able to perform cpr on him with this leads investigators to now believe that alex never performed cpr charles was pronounced dead at the scene they were slightly concerned uh, when they showed up alex was strangely calm and not acting in a way that you would think a person would react after shooting your brother-in-law yep you know like, he was strangely just, like, on the phone. He was just like, hi, um, so I need an ambulance to this location. Like, okay, what happened? He's like, um, I shot my brother-in-law in the chest. They're like, do you know how to do CPR? And he's like, nah, I don't know how to do that. So I can walk you through it. He's like,
1: okay. Like, it was so calm. And that, my friends, is uh, a sign that someone is mentally unwell and needs help. But, of course, of course, when somebody is at that level of mentally unwell, we just decide they are not worth it. Yeah.
0: Hmm. So a, f- a few weeks later, Lori packs up her kids, uh, so JJ and Tiley, her brother Alex Cox, and Alex's uh, daughter, uh, and they move to Idaho they moved to Rexburg, Idaho, which is really close to where Chad was, but she claims that she got a job opportunity there.
1: We all fucking know. Of course. A job opportunity or a, um, murder opportunity? Oh, I was going to go sex opportunity, but you know. Well, (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't
0: expecting that one.
1: Uh, so September 24th, but like she and this guy were definitely like hooking up. right? Like we're getting married. Yeah, so I'm right. Okay. Yeah. So September 24th, 2019,
0: Lori ended up unenrolling JJ from school as she claimed that she would be homeschooling him. It was kind of strange because like the school year just started. Like it's the end of September, so it just started. Mm-hmm. But like you do, if you want to homeschool your kids, you can homeschool your kids.
1: Yeah, no problem with homeschooling. Problem if you're gonna murder people but you know you can't predict that
0: um on October 19th 2019 Chad's wife Tammy suddenly dies uh Chad claims that he had a vision that Tammy would be dying soon but this only came up after she died
1: he was like oh yeah I
0: had a vision I had
1: a vision there might have been mushrooms involved
0: here I am um, at first, they didn't think much of it, so they had buried her without doing an autopsy. However, once more information has come out, they have since exhumed her body to perform an autopsy. Um, information has not yet been released on her cause of death because they're still building a case. Of course, of course. But How long ago they, was that when they uh, exhumed her body? Uh, they would have exhumed it in 2020. Wow, Okay. Two weeks after Tammy dies, Lori and Chad go to Hawaii and get married. At this point, no one knows where Tylie and JJ
1: are. Yeah, where are your children?
0: Where, where, are your, uh-huh. where
1: are the children ever? Okay, I understand they're people. You don't need to, like, have them by your side. You know, you've know, you got friends and family they can go with. But, like, also, where are your children? Why, mm-hmm. why do people who get involved in murder cases always, like, forget they have children? Yeah. You just
0: forget that you have kids.
1: It's like a poorly written TV show. Like oh my god, yeah! Where like, the character is like introduced as having kids in one episode and like a season passes and they're like, oh, did you forget? I have a child. I didn't forget. I didn't forget. I have a child who is the same age as they were the last season because I didn't forget.
0: So November 26th, 2019, JJ's grandparents call police and ask for a welfare check to be done on JJ. They show up to Lori and Chad's place uh, where Lori tells them that JJ is in Arizona staying with a family friend, Melanie. Uh, As soon as the police leave, Chad calls Melanie and tells her that the police are going to call her and ask if JJ is with her. And they want her to lie and say that he's with her. Lori even suggested that she went to the movie theaters and just took a group of a random group of friends and said that JJ was in the group. Melanie went up, what the fuck, no and ended up calling the police herself and reporting this. Good She was like, what the absolute fuck is happening here? And called police and was like, hi, yeah, uh, I don't have these kids. I don't know where they are. I haven't seen them in months.
1: I am like, you know, I'm the kind of friend to be, if you like texted me and were like, I need you to cover for me, I would do it. Unless you were like, can you please say that my children are with you because the police are calling.
0: I would hope you wouldn't.
1: And then I would be like, hmm, like if you called me and you were like, I just need you, like my mom was about to call you, I am out. Say thinking. I'm with you. Hi, I know I live in a different city, but she is in fact with me currently. <laughs> I would do that for you. If you were like, hi, Aurora, my children who have gone missing, they are with you. Hello, 911, there are children missing. <laughs>
0: There are children missing. So after she reported this, the police showed up to Chad Moore's house again with a search warrant, but they two had already left and went back to Hawaii without either of the kids. They checked plane records and were able to find that they did not have the kids with them.
1: Where are your children?
0: So December 12th, 2019, Alex Cox ends up randomly dying. Medical examiners uh, said that he died of blood clots like in his lungs, which is like, okay. Um, his daughter suspects that he died from stress because he knows what happened to the kids. And we will get into that in a bit. So December 20th, are 2019. The kids not alive? December 20th, 2019, the police officially announced Tylee and JJ as missing. On January 3rd, 2020, there is a search of Chad's house. And on January 25th, um, they are told... Chad and Lori that you need to provide the children in court or have solid proof that your children are alive and well. A few days later, Chad and Lori are pulled over and inside the car are Tylee and JJ's birth certificates, uh, JJ's iPad and Tylee's debit card. On February 20th, 2020, Lori is arrested for not being able to provide proof that her kids are alive and well and is held with a bond of $5 million. It has since been reduced to $1 million. However, she has not been able to make bond and she is still in jail.
1: So, they killed her kids. We're getting there.
0: June 9th, 2020, police show up to Chad's home because Chad was still out at this time. He had no reason to be arrested, apparently, because they had nothing against him. They weren't his kids. They were Lori's kids. So June 9th, 2020. Wait, no, he's the stepfather. He's the stepfather. He is they're But they're her legal kids. So he he didn't have to produce them. She had to produce them, which is, again, stupid. So June 9th, 2020, police showed up to Chad's home. The search warrant for the property. Police noticed a few areas on Chad's property that had seemed to be disturbed on the ground. After digging for only a few hours, they found the remains of JJ and Tylee on the property. Right before they found the remains, Chad tried to get the fuck out of there. Like hopped in his car and tried to get the fuck out of there. But they stopped him and immediately arrested him. Good. So on the 29th, June 29th, 2020, charges were pressed against Lori, including two felony counts of conspiracy conspiracy to commit destruction, alteration, or concealment of evidence. Most recent updates include on uh, May 24th, 2021, a grand jury indicted Lori and Chad on first degree murder and conspiracy to commit murder. Prosecutors announced charges on the 25th of May, along with some more information, including the homo- information surrounding the homicides of Tylee, JJ, and Tammy. Now they haven't said how Tammy died, but they're calling Tammy's death a homicide now. So you can basically guarantee she was killed by Chad and Lori. On June 8th, so literally a few days ago, Lori was committed to the Idaho Department of Health and Welfare where a psychologist deemed her not fit for trial. She can be committed for up to 90 days before a judge reviews her competency. And on June 9th, again, a few days ago, Chad pleaded not guilty to all the charges against him. And that is where the case sits now.
1: Yeah, I know you found these bodies of my stepchildren in my backyard. And when you found them, I tried to escape, which clearly states that I am guilty. um, But I am, in fact, um, not guilty.
0: Chad Daybell gives me this vibe. The like, I feel like he just does that all the time. He unironically does it.
1: That's such small dick energy.
0: Totally. I can't believe I'm saying that about a true crime. But, like, he's a little bitch. He's a little bitch, and so is your fucking wife. Yeah. Fuck okay. you. Fuck your wife. Fuck your wife's brother. I just, I don't, I can't. The grandparents wrap- and Melanie, y'all are chill.
1: I can't wrap my head around taking anybody from the world at all let alone your own children like those when you okay specifically a mother when you give birth to your children hormones are produced that literally latch you to that child so what did you do that that like what what is going on in your head that that isn't latching you anymore
0: you know my personal belief is that the zombie theory, they thought that had happened to the kids. They, Chad said that he had a vision that the world was gonna end on, i think it was July 21st, 2020. And everyone was like, honestly, probably, but it didn't happen. Of course not. So my assumption is that Chad put this idea in her brain and because she is mentally ill, I'm not saying this to like, be like, oh, she deserves a lighter sentence. She doesn't, fuck yeah. that woman. No. If I could roundhouse kick another woman right now, it's
1: Lori Ballow. Yes, mental health. Yes, care about mental health, but murder. You murdered somebody, you still need to face the charges, you know? Yeah. Situations like this are the only times that I'm like, you know what, death penalty, okay.
0: Let it die, let it die, let it
1: <laughs> throw up and die. <laughs> no, I'm very much against the death penalty for um, a lot of reasons but I also think that it is a pretty good thing for people who have committed numerous murders because if somebody has committed that many murders, they're not going to reform and change.
0: Like Ted Bundy. I don't think Ted Bundy would have changed. No, they're a
1: danger to society. People who get sentenced to life for drug possession or it has been proven they were not guilty but are still sentenced to life, that needs to change. That needs to end especially because there are so many people of color currently on death row who do not deserve to be there for like literally for drug possession or because they were framed.
0: The system is full of racial injustice. They're going to do anything to prove that the people of color are guilty rather than questioning a straight white
1: male. Yep. Uh, But these people should be pushed to the front of the line at death row. They shouldn't even get a last meal. They should just be Here you go. This sounds really, really cruel. And I know like after we just talked and I was always, and I kept saying things like, oh, murdering people is the worst thing you can possibly do. I still stand by that. Murdering Murdering children. Murdering children is one of the worst things you can do. Murdering, murdering is one of the worst things you can do. But if someone is so much of a danger to society and here's the thing, after you're about, I can't remember the exact age, like 21 to 25, somewhere in there, your brain stops developing. At that point in your life, Reform is so difficult. And if somebody is already at that stage where they have murdered numerous people and have all of these beliefs that Nobody has been able to change at this point. They are not going to change and they will remain a danger to society. And while I do not believe that murdering people is good. If you release that person and they continue to murder people that is worse
0: you know because they were out for so long they had so much time to change their ways and they continued to not change their ways and ended up killing four people minimum exactly one of which jj had special needs god so like you are absolutely disgusting yeah disgusting human beings i think murdering children to me is one of the worst things you can do and if they don't get the death penalty i hope they fucking rot and die in jail yeah because when you are in jail they if you commit violence against women or children you're bottom of the food chain i hope you get your ass kicked in jail
1: yeah another thing that i want to talk about about jail in particular is that oftentimes white people who are very powerful who end up going to jail get out scot-free because they find a way to off themselves. Um, And that is not okay. That's not okay. You do not get an easy way out, all right? I know it's terrible. I know it's probably making some people uncomfortable, but it is absolutely not fair. Um, But the fact that he just kind of, okay, done. Not fair first to the police and the jail guards and the security who have to clean that up and deal with that. Not fair to the um, victims. The, yeah, not fair to the victims at all who now don't get to see justice. Even if the, the cases continue, they don't get to see justice in the same way. Um, not fair to the medical professionals who now have to deal with this. And not fair uh, to the people who have been serving long sentences for things they didn't do or for minor charges like drug possession, like crossing on a red, like not fair to the people of color who are constantly put in jail for doing literally nothing and then have to serve years and years and years while people get out easy or um, I don't know, rapists who um, somehow only get about eight months and then get free. You know exactly who I'm referring to. I hate you anyway. Here's hoping that if they do just end up in jail, they do not get out free because they do not deserve it. At this point, I think if they were to be let out free at any point in time,
0: there'd be riots in the streets. Absolutely. And I'm there to join. <laughs> you killed fucking children. There, yeah. I've watched interviews of the grand- JJ's grandparents who they weren't technically related to Tylee, but they still considered Tylee their granddaughter. Of course. They, I watched videos of them pleading for people to bring Tylee and JJ home, and then interviews of after they found the remains. It, the most gut wrenching thing. I don't cry watching a lot of true crime stuff. Um, like I said last time, that I, I watch a lot of true crime. I, I love true crime. I love educating myself on it and being an active true crime watcher. But it was difficult because I was like, these are Tylee was just about 18. She was 17. So she was almost 18 and could have moved out on her own and gone to college and done so much for the world. But instead, because of fucking Chad and Lori, we don't get to even have the chance of experiencing what she could have done for this world. Mm -hmm. That is a human being at this point that you decided to take out of this world because you thought they were possessed. Mm -hmm. You you could have literally just gone to the grandparents and said, we don't want them anymore. Give them to the grandparents.
1: Which would still have been absolutely shitty and a terrible thing to do because those are your children. But that is a much better way to, to deal with not being able to look after your own children in whatever manner it may be. You don't have to kill people. You don't have to kill people. And it is not a matter of... That person could have cured cancer. It is a matter of that person is a person. That person rate, has lived life. That person has lived life. That person is not an embryo. That person is not a fetus. It is not the same thing. That person has lived life. They do not deserve to die. What a week. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> we it it was true crime and then we start. so many things happened this week but I think we have really good conversations about things that need to be talked about
1: I definitely think so
0: and if somebody comes at us for being pro-choice I will curb stomp you Uh,
1: and that's not a threat it's a promise pro-choice means I have the choice to decide to be pro-choice pro-choice means you also have the choice to decide to not be pro-choice I just don't respect that choice because I can do whatever the hell I want with my own body thank you so much
0: you can be pro-choice and never have an abortion
1: yeah I have a friend I have a friend who has told me I have a friend and I also follow an influencer who have both actively said they are pro-choice but themselves would never have an abortion because a person is allowed to make the choice for their body Pro-choice is not me saying I will never have an, I will never have an abortion. Pro-choice is me saying I think it is okay for human beings who have uteruses to make the decision themselves. That's what pro-choice is. Pro-choice is not abortion, yay or nay. Pro-choice is you do you, honey, you know? You do
0: you. That's your life, not mine. Uh... (laughs) Anyways, anyways thank you for listening Please. to this podcast <laughs> if you want more uh, hot takes <laughs> <laughs> if you have any hot takes that you'd like us to talk about maybe send us a message on anchor or a yeah. comment on an instagram shoot us a message let us know this is going to be a long podcast i can already this tell
1: is, but uh, i think it's important like it. the things yeah. that we talked about there's a lot that's covered this one so i have no idea how we're going to title it uh <laughs> true crime question mark true crime and more
0: oh my god so much more geez why did we talk so much geez we're glad we talked about these topics but also we literally could have done a whole other like this is the whole title
1: yeah yeah yeah. and then you add an additional g's at the end um anyway (laughs) thanks for listening all of our social media links as always are in the bio if you want to go yell at us there you're more than welcome to we will just block you if you yell at us Uh, (laughs) um
0: no somebody literally open it and just scream into your microphone and then just leave that for us I kind of want to hear that you
1: know what yeah 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 I'll permit that that's fine and with that we will see you next week when we talk with our friend Patrick
0: about housewives
1: (laughs) a very different topic (laughs) (laughs) talk about not finding a niche all right oh my gosh (laughs) (laughs)